Hello, all you captivating computer programmers and sexy secret agents, and welcome to episode 41 of A Bookish Affair, where we two Shannons will be your fellow travelers through the world of happily ever after. I'm Shandy, she's Shannon, and we love romance. We are the co-founders of the Lake Oswego Public Library's Romance Book Club, A Bookish Affair. We read and discuss diverse and inclusive love stories every second Sunday of the month at the library when it's open, but actually it's on Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you are interested in joining a virtual discussion group, or maybe you have feedback for us, perhaps any suggestions for the club or podcast, or maybe you just want to say hello, check the show notes for our emails and the link to our Bookish Affair page on lopl.org. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the ancestral, traditional, and unceded territory of the Kalapuya, Cowlitz, Multnomah, and Clackamas peoples on which we live, work, and record this podcast with gratitude. Well, folks, I was definitely going to lay all kinds of jealous making cabin related intro chatter on you, uh, but then we didn't record a podcast while I was at the cabin. <laughs> Yeah, you needed a vacation, dude. Like, I didn't feel like interrupting that with any work slash podcasting updates. Uh, do you feel like you were able to rest? Did you have a good time? We had a great time. Uh, we got to do that magical thing that is um, hanging out with people you really like but have only met on Zoom before. Um, so we did that with the, the church youth group and the choir folks that we've been hanging out with the whole pandemic. And it was just magical. Um, I, <laughs> at this moment, like we went to a, a, a youth group tie dye event at the church and, you know, we were, everybody was vaccinated. All the kids had to submit negative COVID tests. And, um, you know, so I'm like, I made friends with a new mom, with another mom real fast. And we decided to walk to Starbucks. So we're on our way out of Starbucks and I open the door a little too forcefully and I almost slam it into the face of this, uh, this woman with like blonde curly hair and she looked like vaguely familiar. Um, but, but, you know, we were wearing masks and I just, you know, so I just apologized profusely. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she said, Shandy. And I looked at, and then I looked a little closer and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Meg from choir this is amazing. And so then we had this weird, you know, wow, it's you, you really exist outside of the internet. This is amazing. We're just standing there in the, you know, like holding the door at Starbucks. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't break your nose with this door. <laughs> we were walking back to the church and I got, I don't know, I got a little emotional because there's just something about, uh, about that, that moment where, you you know for sure that somebody exists in real life <laughs> and you could you know hug them or almost break their nose with the door <laughs> so yeah um we special did have some moment. it was it was a very special yeah, moment. very special <laughs> so i had a lot of those and that was awesome um uh, we only got worried about a, a brush fire near the cabin once which is like I feel like this is sort of becoming like at least once a year we have this moment of, okay, well, maybe we should gather our important documents and our phones and our tablets and our laptops and Claire's Sumiko Gurashi collection just in case and put it all in a basket uh, just in case we need to get out of here real fast. Um, this this brush fire in particular was was very quickly contained and it is, despite the fact that it would be great if this just didn't have to happen ever at all. It's always a thrill seeing the fire helicopters come to get water from the lake. <laughs> I don't know. It is. It's it's real excitement. I mean, the you know the the blades, whatever those are called, you know, and it just stirs up all this water. And like the lake is very low this year, though. So we were like, "Are you guys gonna get anything?" <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh, maybe some algae." Um, anyway. On a less apocalyptic note, and here I am just going on and on about my vacation, um, but it was very fun. Uh, I must, uh, I, I must tip my hat to my husband. Um, this is a, this is a date story for a romance podcast. Um, 
his, his parents sent us out on a date and we went to Howdy's in Malibu to get sushi burritos, which is our new favorite food at the cabin. And when we got to the beach, um, where we were going to sit and eat our, our burritos, I looked in the box and I said, Oh, there are three burritos in here. Did, did they give us an extra one? And he said, no, but you know how you always, you always finish one of these burritos. And then you say, I can eat another one of these right now. So he got me an extra burrito and reader. I married him. <laughs> and I did sort of share that extra burrito with him. Sort of. <laughs> it was kind of a three quarters, one quarter. Kind of <laughs> that is so sweet though. That is like someone looking out for you. Like we should all be so lucky to have someone like that in our lives. I am. I'm a very lucky woman. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And truly like you do actually kind of need to um, of those sushi burritos. That's well, yeah. I mean, to have mm-hmm. extra food is just like, yeah. To feed someone is love to have extra for them. That's just, that's, that's frosting on the cake. It's exactly. It's above and beyond. Yeah. So thank well, you. Jenny. Yeah. Well done, Joe. <laughs> I, I have my, my mug of hot water here and I'm yes. toasting you. We're raising our mugs of hot water to, to you. To you, though. <laughs> Actually, I'm raising my empty. Your your fist. fist. You're like, yeah, it's very. Uh... <laughs> that's your heart right there. You're just raising it. That's right, Shannon. What did I miss at the library and in Portland? Anything exciting? Um, what did you miss here? Um, <laughs> I'm sure there was a lot of drama, like so much drama, but my brain space only has so has like room for so much. So like, for real? to be honest, I don't know, um, <laughs> but you know, like nothing was as memorable as our August book discussion group on the 8th. So maybe let's talk about that. Once again, Shannon Sedell with the segue, I knew I could count on <laughs> Yes, let's talk about the Boyfriend Project and our fabulous meeting. Um, So we have, as usual, a book club discussion to recap, but with it, another author visit to squeal about. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so exciting. So after our Island Affair meeting, which we talked about last time, um, I was kind of, I don't know, I was kind of high on the excitement of having had an author join us. And that somehow carried me through the anxiety of messaging Farrah Rashawn, who is the author of The Boyfriend Project, which was our August book, um, to see if she could attend our meeting. And to be fair, it's clear from her website that she's very much open to visiting book clubs. So it was, in a sense, it was sort of a low stakes request, but we still spent hours crafting. (laughs) This this is how we manage low stakes things. Yeah. Yeah. And life depends on it. Oh my gosh. And then after that agonizing process, she wrote back in like 15 minutes and said, sure. So, so we were over the moon. So since she had other virtual events to attend that day, she was able to, she was just able to pop in for about 25 or 30 minutes. And of course it was the highlight of our week, possibly of our month. I am getting ahead of myself a little bit because when I'm looking back at our recent episode or sorry, recap episodes, I realized that we've forgotten to give a book summary a few times. And I kind of think we should get back into that habit because not everybody who's listening sure. to this podcast has read that book. So Shannon, would you be up for giving us a lightning summary of The Boyfriend Project? Sure. Uh, the Boyfriend Project brings together Samaya, a computer programmer in Austin, Texas, and Daniel, the new employee at her tech firm. She's just gone viral after finding out and confronting a lying, cheating boyfriend who he's on a date with one other person. And it turns out there's another woman. So like three women that he's been stringing along. And in this confrontation, they've struck up a quick friendship. Um, Her tolerance for dishonesty and deception is at an all time low. Daniel this new employee catches her eye, but it turns out that he has some secrets. Can she trust him? And can she trust herself? Is that a decent synopsis? 
That is a much more than decent synopsis. I would call it fabulous synopses and segues. You are on fire today, my friend. (laughs) So this book brought up a lot of interesting thoughts and questions and, you know, some squeals and some swoons. And a lot of that we actually had a chance to talk about with Farrah Rashan. So it was so exciting. Um, One thing that we really focused on and you know something that I was kind of in preparation for that meeting I was kind of thinking okay what do I really what's the one question I really really want to ask Farrah Rashan um this one you know just perhaps the most important and certainly one of the most endearing aspects of the book is actually the circle of female friends that Samaya finds herself a part of after she and Taylor and London or the other two women share this extremely weird experience of not only being catfished by the same dude, Vile Craig. Um, so, you know, but all, they're also having their confrontation with him plastered all over the internet. And this is a very, you know, of the moment kind of story where um, I forget, is it Taylor or London who's live tweeting her date with this, <laughs> with this bozo? Taylor. It's Taylor. So she's live tweeting the date with this bozo while Samaya is getting ready to go on a date with yeah to meet him later later that night and Samaya's sister is looking at Twitter and saying oh my gosh this lady is hilarious these live tweets and Samaya looks over her shoulder she's like wait a minute that sounds really familiar so (laughs) so she heads on (laughs) to the restaurant and then uh and then this other woman London shows up (laughs) anyway it's just these modern times um yeah, and then of course they 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 give him a piece of their minds, and somebody captures it on video, and soon it's all over the internet. Um, so I was really curious. Well, and then I, and then I should say the three women all decide to hang out, and they all go back to Samaya's place for a sleepover, like they've never met before. And they wake up best friends. It's great. Um, so I was really curious when I read it as to whether she began the book with the idea of Samaya's and Daniel's love story. Or whether the germ of the idea came from the friendship between the three women. And I was surprised at her answer. Um, She said that Samaya and Daniel did come first, but that Taylor and London um, just refused to be sidelined in this book. Totally. I thought it was so interesting that once Taylor and London entered the story, Farah said she realized that the friendship was the focus of the story. And she even commented that it kind of... uh, teeters into women's fiction territory because it is a low spice romance but with a heavy dose of friendship like that almost takes over uh the the narrative but i I, and she also said and i just love it she said that the scenes with samaya taylor and london quote wrote themselves as if writing about friendship were like so easy you know as if writing was so easy (laughs) Yeah, that's when you know like, you're talking I'm not to an author. Myself. You're talking to an author. I, I I thought that was such a neat thing to hear about, and I definitely had that moment too, where I thought I've never had anything write itself except like except certain episodes of this podcast. Honestly, <laughs> when I hear when I hear someone say that, I just know I'm not cut out for the author's life because writing for me is like pulling teeth. It's very. Oh, so, you know, obviously these these characters really spoke to her. And I what I wish I had asked her is does she does she speak to her characters or talk to them the way that Priscilla Ulibaras does? Yeah. Um the way we talked about with her. Um, you know, do do these, you know, when she says Taylor and London refuse to be sidelined, does she feel like they actually just like <laughs> you know, came to visit her in her dreams and <laughs> You know, just have conversations with them. Yes, just sitting down, <laughs> sitting down for breakfast. Yes. No. Uh, Taylor, what's up? Yes. How are you oh, feeling today? Oh. <laughs> oh, we're we're doing that. Okay. We're doing that. <laughs> Book two, my friends. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm remembering correctly, she talked about how she's been lucky to have some great groups of close female friends in her life, including a current group of writer friends, um, which actually includes Priscilla Oliveras. I was way too shy to quiz Farah about it, but um, but I noticed 
because I follow them both on Instagram that she and Priscilla went to Disney World for like a mini writing retreat earlier in the summer. I just thought that was so cute and fun. And I am a Disneyland girl through and through. I've never had the slightest desire to go to Disney World, but there Priscilla Oliveras goes again, making Florida look fun. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay, but what else do we talk about with Farah? Um, what else came up? Another thing that came up that provided a lengthy conversation was Daniel's lying by virtue of his job. Like, by virtue of his job, he's withholding the truth. And um, I just have to say, like, his job is an undercover agent for the Department of Treasury. I freaking love this. Okay. <laughs> So I think Ferris said something to the effect that she tried to write him as sympathetic, uh, as sympathetically as possible, him being a good guy who is in this moral dilemma. Uh, he has a lot of back and forth in terms of his desire for Samaya. Like, should he pursue it? Should he not? He really wants to, but he really shouldn't, you know, because they're now working together under false pretenses of course so some of us wondered if his deception was forgivable while other while others in the group felt it was minor in the grand scheme of things especially since it is part of his job as an undercover agent for the department of treasury <laughs> love it um so how did you feel about that were daniel's actions forgivable you know, it's it's a question that really deserves some thought because on on the one hand, as you say, Daniel works undercover, so lying is kind of his job, which feels kind of insulting to say. But uh, <laughs> you know, on the other hand, Samaya doesn't know that about him. She does not know that he is an undercover agent. She thinks he's just this guy who showed up to work at her at her company. And given her experience with Vile Craig. Samaya is not in a place where she's prepared to give any lies or any liars the benefit of the doubt, um, very understandably so. So so yes, it's his job, and Daniel has to make the choice between fighting crime and potentially saving lives, and essentially using his proximity to Samaya because they are dating um, to obtain information that, yes, he does need, and yes, could potentially save lives, but he also does it in such a way that, you know, he just kind of takes this opportunity and, and you know, and he know he also knows it's going to get her in trouble. Yeah, it's going to compromise so, her. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when it all comes out, I, I can't blame Samaya for wondering whether there was any truth to how Daniel felt about her at all. Was he just using her? Of course, the reader knows that he wasn't. They know, you know, we've been in his head for all this agonizing that he's done, but it would be hard for Samaya not to come to that conclusion. And, you know, I know there exists out there in the world couples where, where one of them works in intelligence and can't talk about their job with the other. And so all you really know about your partner's job is that you can't know anything about it. <laughs> but, but, you know, Samaya and Daniel are not at that point. He is undercover in Samaya's company. So he's still pretending to have a job that he does not really have. So it's not until after they get their HEA and they figure it out that Samaya has that, that information um, you know, she sort of knows what she's getting into. Like, okay, now I'm in a relationship with a guy who can't tell me anything about his job. So ultimately, I forgave Daniel, although not as quickly as Samaya seemed to. I did think that that scene was very, um, like, well, that happened fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his dishonesty was, of course, in service of the greater good, taking down a crime ring of bad guys that turned out to be even worse than he had initially thought. Um, but it made the whole, I don't know. I mean, it made, it made the book feel really, it made the conflict feel really high stakes. Um, so it was, you know, it was kind of a, it was, it was just a stressful time when you just didn't know, of course you knew romance, but um, you know, how are they going to get there? Um, and it was really interesting to discuss with the group and also to hear that Farrah Rashawn herself 
felt like she was walking a really fine line because it, you know, it seemed, I don't know if she said this out loud, but, but it seemed like she was worried about whether she would be able to forgive Daniel. You know what I mean? Um, She really wanted to write that very carefully where, um, where, you know, that, that, that them being together after that was something that she could feel good about. Yeah. And that as a, as a writer, that is a really touchy line to toe, you know, it's like, you want to make him the hero, but he's actually the whole premise is that he's withholding like really critical information. And then he does use her access to ultimately crack the, the case, you know, and that's a, that could be a pretty big betrayal, you know? Yeah. So how do you then sort of bring it back so that they do have a happily ever after. So yeah, I struggled with it. And like you, I went back and forth. And, you know, between catfishing Craig and and Daniel, like the two lies ultimately do feel different when you put them side, you know, side to, side by side. Like one is very hurtful and from a narcissistic individual. One is not okay, but it's justifiable. Like, so it it was kind of a struggle. So it was interesting to have that conversation because ultimately people like to put, you know, like in the discussion, it was very much like, well, this is a job. Like, of course, like we could get past that. And I think some even sort of argued that Samaya is herself very ambitious and very um, work-minded. So she could understand that. So, you know, I, su- I suppose, you know, but I, I, you know, if in a story, yeah, we can get beyond that. In our lives, in our day day to day lives, I think the situation would be a little bit different. Honestly, yeah, and and we didn't really talk about this, but I, and I wish we had with the group, but but I, I'm just you know sitting here thinking as we're saying all of this, like, do you really? it could be argued that Samaya doesn't actually know the real Daniel. Right. Um, she knows things about his personal life and she knows, but, but his job is such a huge part of who he is, as, as is the case for Samaya too. Um, because she, as you say, is extremely intelligent, ambitious. She's working on developing an app and she like, this project is so important to her. So, you know, for her, not to have this information about Daniel, it makes it makes me wonder almost if you would feel like you had to start over, like that there were just two chapters of your relationship. Like I met this guy, I really liked him, we fell in love. Then I found out he's an undercover agent for the Department of the Treasury, and that he used my key card to get access to the database to solve a crime, but then I got in trouble and I I feel like you would have to just have a really hard stop there, which I guess they sort of did. And then like, and then start over essentially from the beginning. And I think that ultimately how it resolves is trying to do that. But again, it's like, if you apply it to real life, I think that, you know, it's like you would kind of have to really just draw some, pretty serious boundaries so i i do think that the conversations thereafter are going to have to be very serious very honest very direct for i you know but again i'm projecting for me because he has an honorable job which i'd really like to take a moment to talk about (laughs) can we just pause i love I love this job because he's an undercover agent for the Department of Treasury, dude. Like, that is a real freaking job. Like, I just think it's such a unique career to incorporate into a story, and it worked. And, you know, when Farrah, like, I I asked, I think I, I was the one gushing about this, and Farrah said that she is a big true crime fan, and she learned about this particular job from Dateline or one of those, like, true crime news shows. But, dude, I freaking love it. He's an <laughs> undercover agent 
for the Department of Treasury. That is real. <laughs> oh, that just blew my mind. I love it. Still just makes me so happy. That was that was a really cool career. And Samaya has a really cool career too. I mean, well, yeah. well, one that I don't understand at all. No, um, dude. Oh, she is, and she is freaking intelligent too. Yeah, yeah. So her, um, you know, she works at this, of course, fabulous startup where they just bring them ice cream sundaes all the time and whatever. Massages. Um, <laughs> massages. After and... like weird group competitions. I'm not yeah. down for that, but <laughs> I know, seriously. But she also is doing this project where she wants to um she wants to develop an app to help people make friends yeah. and meet people in a new city. And I, I've forgotten the name of the app. Isn't it just, like just, friends? just friends? Yeah. Anyway, it's such a cool idea. Um, this is funny. I, I um, did not get a chance to ask Vera about this, but our coworker, Ken, read the book, wasn't able to attend the meeting. And he, I think this speaks to how, um, you know, how sort of attached we got to these characters, he said, you know, I'm really worried that because Samaya works for this company that they will have, um, you know, that they might have some measure of control over any app she develops in her free time. Um, so <laughs> I just thought that was very, that was very charming. And of course, not something that I, that it occurred to me at all because I'm not a tech savvy person, but, um, but, you know, Ken was really invested. He really wanted to know if Samaya's app was going to be okay. And I did not get a chance to ask Farah, although we did talk to her a fair amount about just sort of her, um, you know, did she already have that sort of tech knowledge, that tech world knowledge, or did she have to research that for the book? And it turned out she did. I, The way she wrote, I actually assumed that she had been in tech at some point. Yeah. Um, but she talked about, and, and this was, I'm, I'm just now remembering all the stuff that we talked about her with her, but, um, but she also said that the level of detail was that it was important to, to sort of manage and balance the level of detail that she provided so that, so that people who were in the know wouldn't say, oh, that would never happen, or that's unrealistic, or the tech world doesn't work like that, but so that people like, us perhaps don't fall asleep oh yeah. <laughs> no yeah. and, and it's true like I mean she she did enough like you know and Ken has had a career in the tech industry you know so he he those those very particular details you know he would know those mm -hmm. um but yeah I'll be honest like what Farah wrote about, it was clear that she had done um, enough research that, yeah, like she knew what she was talking about for this mm -hmm. particular situation. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that. And yeah. And, 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 but it's, it's crazy to me because that level of, you know, understanding as she's writing both Samaya's, you know, work as well as her app, like it was so believable, Yeah. you know, and there, there was this like level of understanding that, you know, you're, you're busting out this information. You're like, that's, that was just a, a level of commitment that I really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. And she does the same with Daniel too. You know, the, the sort of hierarchy, the, um, you know, him, He's he's living with a he's sort of living with a coworker um, who of course he has to pass off to Samaya as his roommate, um, and uh, you know so there's that and then their boss calls and he's got to take these calls and it's all you know I, have you made any progress on the case and da 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 and anyway there's just the yeah all of that career stuff on both sides um, does feel really well researched and believable and 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 honestly just kind of. Yeah, you know, we've we've talked about this before with novellas. You know, with a novella, there's not a ton of time to flesh out like the characters' professional lives or whatever. And there's something, you know, sometimes I just really like to get to the point of a story, but there there's a lot going on here and it made the characters richer um, to know all of this about their professional lives. 
Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, I loved how the ending, the final chapter of the book sets the stage immediately for the dating playbook, which is book two in the series, Taylor's Story. Um, I, it's not a cliffhanger exactly, but it worked It worked on me because the final chapter of The Boyfriend Project, like I finished it at 1 a.m. And I, I read the final chapter and I was like, I better go find out what's going on with Taylor. <laughs> and I happened to have the arc of the dating playbook on my Kindle. So I just pulled it up and read the first chapter. right away. <laughs> so, You know, I mean, just talk about that sort of writerly skill, but also it really highlights the importance of the friendship in this book. Like the final moments of the book are not Samaya and Daniel having a swoon worthy kiss. They're like, well, Taylor's in trouble. I guess we better go get <laughs> we better go get her out of it it's great totally and i'll be honest i felt it was a cliffhanger because you know it does like what is going on how does this like but it's it's like it's a brilliant transition because you're right it's not like daniel and samaya like running off into the sunset it's like they're running off to like make sure Taylor's okay. Yeah. It was so great. Like I originally came for the romance, the love connection, the happily ever after, but like really that that bond between these three women is what anchors the story for me. It's it's really well done. It it was a really popular pick. We all really enjoyed it and then we got to talk to Farah and we liked it even more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> I mean after two authors in a row, I just can't get used to hosting that. Like it's, it really is such a big deal and it really was such a delight and, and to learn about their, like their stories, their inspirations for, for their, you know, for their, their books, their stories. And then also like hearing about their writing process, it really brings to life, like the whole package. And I don't know about you, but listening to Farrah talk and hearing her voice, like that combination, like really influences like how I now read her stories and and the text, like it it comes alive in a new way. Yeah, it's just, it's just magical. And I don't want to get used to it. Because, you know, now I'm thinking, okay, well, should I, should I message so-and-so and and should I message so-and-so? And And, these two happen, honestly, pretty organically. And I feel like that's the way to you know to just sort of put it out there to the universe and if the author is interested then you know then the universe and the author will let us know um but it's pretty it's pretty great and yeah it's gonna be like it's gonna be a little bit of a quiet book club the next time we don't have it (laughs) totally it will be very quiet we we may not be like we're gonna be like oh i need to talk to you just you guys hey there's nobody famous on this call. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Why am I here? <laughs> totally kidding. Bookish Affair people, we love talking to you. We won't have any problems. We will not figure out what to talk about. Anytime. Yeah. Nope. We, we never have any trouble except when we need to end the call. That's the part we have trouble. <laughs> we just keep talking, which is exactly how it should be. <laughs> Okay, friends, it is now time to talk about what we have been reading, what we have uh, recently read and what we're about to read. Shannon, I think I went first last time, so please tell us what you have been reading since last we casted. I'll just talk about the not-so-recent stuff. (laughs) Um, Well, I just finished World of Wonders by Amy Nezuku Matatil. Uh, which was well-written. There's great illustrations. It's a delightful book of essays about the natural world and sort of uh, woven in is her story in in this world. It is very beautifully done. Uh, I also read From the Corner of the Oval by Beck Dory Stein. This is is a personal account as a White House stenographer. Uh, That was entertaining. 
And I also finished While We Were Dating by Jasmine Guillory, uh, which was really good. Definitely a fun read. Nice. I have been getting caught up on the Smart Bees reviews, and it seemed like they really loved While We Were Dating. So I'm kind of trying to decide whether I want to, do I want to pick that one up now, or do I want to wait for Royal Holiday, which is our December book club pick, and have that be my first Jasmine Guillory? I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. My sister is a big Guillory fan, and While We Were Dating is her favorite in this series. Um, I think maybe I liked Party of Two a little bit more, but I'm splitting hairs here because I really liked While We Were Dating. She's just such a great writer and a storyteller, and you you honestly can't go wrong. Um, maybe give While We Were Dating a try. Yeah. Okay. I mean, before de- why why wait till December to to read her? Why indeed? I mean, start and- now. <laughs> May I just have a brief tangent here to say how awesome it was that your sister came to book club for boyfriend project. It was so cool. I I've just been hearing about her for so long, and she was just as cool and smart as I knew she would be. And I hope she comes again. It was a real delight to have her. She is crazy intelligent. Um, she's just the beasties and I'm thrilled that she was able to join us. Um, I don't want to push her too hard. She's a very busy person. She's a very busy person. Uh, So, you know, if she can show up when she shows up, then I accept that. And just, you know, my heart gushes. Oh, so great. I would also love to join, have my sister, my sister join us. Um, but she does not read romance at all, at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know for sure, but I sense she's not a huge fan of Zoom either. So that's probably just a dream that I'll just have to put on the shelf. Well, that's fine. You know, maybe if we we meet in person again someday, well, she could stop by. If there were good snacks, she might do that. Uh, dude, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. Like the snacks would be would really be a draw. Um, and at this rate, we're going to Kira's for some cupcakes. So. <laughs> yes. Kira's in Lake Oswego. Oh, yeah. Well, true confessions, I did actually look at Jasmine Guillory's website to see if she visits book clubs. And I noticed while I was there that she has a publicist. So that's like, that's kind of next level. That's kind of a big deal. And I feel like maybe we should just play it by ear on that <laughs> Yeah, she she's definitely sort of she is kind of a big deal. Um, she kind of is like next level author in that you know she sort of represents both. I think is it Berkeley like her publishing house, but also yeah. like the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just is kind of yeah. She, yeah. she is kind of next level. Which is probably why, like, when I was, like, gushing over her and, you know, it's like, you inspired us. She's yeah. like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> of course I did. Because that's what she does. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. It's funny. Like, I do feel like we've hosted two authors and we shouldn't get greedy. But, like, the dynamic of having the author for these discussions, it just makes for a really fascinating conversation, like with the insider info, like fun tidbits. Like, for example, like Farah Rashan shared that she based Daniel's character um, on the football player, Will Demps. Like these are just fun factoids that sort of propel, like, you know, the conversation. I don't know, it's just fun. Yeah, that was one of my that was one of my favorite moments of the conversation with her because as soon as she said Will Demps, almost everybody in the meeting, you could just tell, like opened a browser window and Googled him. <laughs> so then, you know, and then we're all popping into the chat with you know, general consensus that he is in fact a very handsome man. We all gave Farah our stamp of approval because she definitely needed that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was like this collective hush and we were all like, Who's Will Demps? Ah. He's Will Dempsey. Yes. Good call, Farah. Good call. Like, 
<laughs> it was so funny. Um, but, but again, like it's just creates this dynamic in a book discussion that, you know, it's like as, you know, a co-facilitator, like it just kind of, that's an energy that you can't replicate, you know, yeah. so neat. Anyway, what have you been reading, Shandy? Well, I think we discussed this last time. I decided not to do my usual cabin um, cabin reading madness challenge where I try to finish a book every day. Um, so I, I decided I would just sort of challenge myself to something more reasonable to finish up some stuff that's been on my currently reading shelf for a long time. And to that end, I read almost nothing from my currently reading shelf. But I did... I, I did not end up regretting the slower paced reading situation I found myself in um, by, by giving myself a break on the frankly ridiculous challenges of yestermonth. I, I just don't know that I need to do that. It's fun and I've done it a few times and I'm not sure that it's good for me. Um, so I only read, uh, I only read 13 books. Um, I finished two last night. Uh, but I really enjoyed almost all of them. Some really solid category romances, um, some of which I will be talking about in future episodes, so I won't go into too much here. Uh, a new-ish, not the newest, but a newish Jackie Lau, um, The Professor Next Door, which I love. Did you read it? Oh, it's I need it's to. really good. It, I think it has, and this is really saying something, I think it has the most hilarious grandmother character that Jackie Lau has ever written um so <laughs> high praise that's yeah. high praise <laughs> um i love felix ever after which is our september book club pick i cannot believe that i finished so many days i finished it so many days in advance of our meeting so i really hope that i don't forget every single thing about it um before we meet um, but i really liked it and i it reminded me of what i like about ya nice. and really made me feel like I need to, I, I just, I need to get back into reading YA. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a delight. Uh, I, I finished one thing that I'd been working on for a long time, which is a taste of her own medicine by Tasha L. Harrison. I really regret not finishing that one sooner. I don't even know why, you know, sometimes you just don't know why you stopped reading something. Um, and then you come back to it and why didn't I do this months and months ago? Um, I think that I've talked a little bit about this one before. It's a small town romance that features an older woman. I'm putting older in quotation marks because she's 40 uh, and a younger man. And it's so good. I started um, the next one in the series, which is about uh, about that heroine's sister, um, like just right away. And that one's called The Bad in Each Other. Um, that's kind of a, I believe that's a second chance romance. Um, I also read some really good historicals, uh, Mamie Matthews, John Eyre, which is, I, I don't know that it, although it does have a romance and it does have an HEA, I don't know that I would call it a romance. It's just, a, it's a, it's a gender bent Jane Eyre retelling, but it's mashed up with Dracula and it's genius. Wow. It, it is so good. If you have any fondness for books that are inspired by classic literature at all. This is like, I mean, she says herself in the afterward, like, why has nobody done this before? <laughs> so great. So I liked that so much that um, I have an arc of the Siren of Sussex, which is her upcoming January release, first in a series, a trilogy with Berkeley, I think. Um, and I, so I had an arc of that. So I prioritized that and I loved it just and our, our book club member Marlene is the person who introduced me to Mimi Matthews and um even though her romances are sort of closed door there's still we've talked about this before there's still a lot of like tension and smoldering and kissing um but just I'm starting to see like her her voice is so authentic she also writes historical nonfiction about the era that in which the books are set so she obviously has just a really strong history background i believe she's also yeah she is a lawyer she's also a lawyer of course she is um and i just like i love her heroines they're these just feminist heroines who are unapologetically anti-slavery and anti-colonialism and willing to do stuff like 
examine their own privilege and try to learn about other people's experiences without making other people, you know, making those people tell them like, just go, go do your own research. And they, and they do. Um, and like, <laughs> I just, I just loved that book. It was so good. And I can't wait for the next one. Um, and then just one more speaking of historical women who refuse to conform to society's expectations. I just finished Sarah McLean's new release bombshell. Um, that, that is the first in a Victorian girl gang series called hell's bells. Uh, I think we talked about this like a year ago when, we first heard it was coming out and let me tell you it lives up to the hype it is a marvel it's honestly the sarah mcclain book i've been waiting my whole life for <laughs> like she is unquestionably a skilled writer her punny titles are second to none but i have never finished one of her books with stars in my eyes and i still have stars in my eyes from finishing this book two weeks ago i i can't wait to see what's in store for the rest of the gang it's truly just a great feminist historical and i i just i have really high hopes for the rest of the series i think it's going to be awesome that's fantastic that is such high praise like i love the bare knuckle bastard series like particularly brazen and the beast so i'm really looking forward to bombshell i i just love listening to her podcast and reading you know her books and as you said she's a really great writer a fantastic storyteller she has a really sharp mind yeah yeah romance writers are really no slouch in the in the intelligence department you can just i know i and and i feel like we have to like you know talk about that because so often i feel like romance is just kind of dismissed it's just like no these are these are people you should not be dismissing like these people are going to come and crush you like (laughs) they are going to lead us into the next you know, to the next phase. Like these people are so incredible. Oh, so true. <laughs> oh, we will follow you anywhere, romance, romance writers. Um, let's see. Okay, so I do not have a crossover to share this week, but I do want to share that uh, recently I was in San Francisco and I found myself at the corner of an actual street called Crossover. <laughs> took a picture and i sent it to you it did <laughs> it's at the cross the corner of crossover discovery place <laughs> hey, that's not really a place i was just suggesting that crossover is allowed for discovery <laughs> wah, wah, wah. puns are not my thing as i just demonstrated i will leave that to sarah mclean and your punny romance title i liked that very much don't don't hide your pun light under a bushel, my friend. Um, <laughs> okay, but I do have a, a sort of funny romance title. Um, I've been hearing a bunch of buzz about Lucy Parker's newest, Battle Royal, not Battle Royale, but Battle Royal, so-called because the protagonists are competing to bake a royal wedding cake. So that's kind of funny, right? Yeah, it's been getting some great reviews. My hold just came in. I've been meaning to read Lucy Parker for a long time now. I actually started the book last night and then I had a Great British Bake Off dream. So. <laughs> sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, actually in the dream, I called a, a Bake Off contestant who was some mix of, of Alice and Ruby and maybe Martha. All people from different seasons, but they had sort of like blended into this one into this one person and and in the dream I was at the library and I wanted to ask her a question. So I just decided to call her and then I felt kind of bad because there were going to be long distance charges. And then I remembered that it was the library's phone and no big deal. (laughs) Oh yeah. That is a pretty amazing dream. (laughs) By the way. Um, Yeah. Battle Royal is getting great reviews. I just I just picked up my hold and I need to read it because nice. yeah she's totally been on my radar too. Um, I keep meaning to read headliners actually, so uh, we'll have to. I'll get there eventually. Yes, yeah, I love. I, I haven't read any of the headliners ones either, but I love their covers. I just think the covers are really well designed. Battle Royal is different; it's got an illustrated cover, yeah. but the headliner series. Go look at those covers because they're really 
they're, they're really cute and they're really well done. They're they're visually yeah, visually quite. There's like a soft lighting to them, and there's just <laughs> it, it, it's just something I don't want to call it sweet. It's not that. It's just it looks they're just beautiful. Yeah, they just look kind of magical. Like I don't know if there's actually sparkle on the covers, but it gives you the impression of sparkle. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you would hear like a like a like a, a fairy wand sparkle sound, which I can't make <laughs> Yeah, that's the way those covers make me feel. Anyway, go look at them. They're really yeah. good. <laughs> Lucy Parker, headliners. <laughs> yep, Lucy Parker, headliners. All right, Shangents. Okay, friends, I think it is time to wind this one up because I could change it all day, but we, you have to work uh, and I have to drive back to Portland from Medford. So listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts. What did you think of the Boyfriend Project? What would you have asked for Rashawn? What are your favorite unapologetically feminist historical romances? That, that we want to know. We really want to know because I want to read them all. Um, anything you might have to say to us, please share. You can find our emails on the Bookish Affair page on LOPL.org. You can comment on an LOPL social media post, or you can find me on my bookstagram at Shandy B. Reads. And if you'd like to get on, get in on some of these book discussions, please join us for our September meeting on Sunday, September 12th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our book pick is our first YA selection, Felix Ever After, by the National Book Award winner, Kaysen Callender. So please join us to talk about it. It's so good. I can't wait to talk about it. I was... Yay! I've been inviting people like all over the state of California to join us <laughs> to talk about this. I don't know if any of them will actually show up, um, but it's the kind of, it's, it's the kind of book uh, that you, I don't know. You just want to tell people about it. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see what everybody thinks. Our first YA pick. Woo-hoo! <laughs> first, but certainly not last. Nope. Yay. So please join us if you can. We'd love to have you. All right, friends. See you next time. Bye. Hi everyone, Claire has this week off, so you're stuck with me. Our apologies for Lucy Parker title confusion. Headliners is the name of book five in the series. It is not the series title. That is London Celebrities, and book six is forthcoming, so we obviously have some catching up to do. We couldn't do this podcast without the help of quite a few awesome folks. We are grateful to Allison Arnold and Anya Woodhouse for being our rocks and our champions and for taking care of everyone in the library. Rick for giving us this crazy idea in the first place and making us believe we could do it and for possibly coming to book club next time. Fingers crossed. Carissa for being the rainbow hanging over our heads. Chris for good trouble. Kira for cheerfully acquiring just about anything we ask her to and then asking if we need anything else. Noelle, Amy, and Todd for answering all of our emails and making us look good on social media. Special thanks to Noelle, Jill, and Steve for always listening to the end. Everyone at LOPL has provided so much encouragement and support. Evie is our biggest cheerleader. We hope all podcasters have a super fan like her. Claire D does our credits and corrections. Oh, she just smooched me. Mommy. Lay another one on me. Wow. Thanks to Justin and Joe, our very own romance heroes. I was going to say something about how you don't work undercover for the Department of the Treasury, but truly, how would we know? Anyway, we love you. And thanks most of all to our book club members and podcast listeners who keep us inspired and always searching for the next happily ever after. (laughs) Hehehehe.